1: Hey everyone, this is Rowan Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience podcast. Today I have with me Evan Knox. Evan is a fourth generation entrepreneur and founder of Caffeine Marketing and Chief Marketing Officer of Caffeine Labs. He's passionate about helping business owners and entrepreneurs like his dad and grandfather succeed through marketing and business strategy. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Great question.
0: So I think for me, it starts off uh, at a really young age. My grandfather started a jewelry store. um, And so I grew up, you know, pretty much all up until 16 years old, going in with him or my dad to work. And so I saw entrepreneurs like my dad and my granddad struggling to grow their company. And I felt like, you know, what I couldn't articulate at the time is that there's this glass ceiling or some. that they could not seem to pass on their own through grit and hard work. And so that had always kind of rested in my heart. And then about four years ago, my wife and I had moved from Charlotte to Atlanta and I've been wanting to do something to help entrepreneurs and business owners like my dad and my grandfather. Um, And I decided to start Caffeine Marketing. And so that was my first like, hey, I'm gonna help uh, business owners like them to grow their company through marketing that's actually profitable. Because a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, they struggle and they just throw stuff at the wall, hoping something is gonna stick. And so I wanted to give them a solution that they knew was actually gonna be profitable for them and help them scale grow their company to increase their quality of life.
1: That's awesome. And what's kind of like your journey in marketing before you founded it? Yeah, I think I started
0: off primarily with social media marketing. And that was the, I was more of a technician in that, um, actually creating the content, the social media strategy. And that was the natural transition to start Caffeine was to try that um, social media marketing. But what I found was business owners at the end of the day, they care about growing the bottom line revenue. And so from there, it shifted into not just social media marketing, um, but what marketing strategy can we create so that these entrepreneurs are actually successful and grow their companies. So then that moved into web design, which our team does uh, paid advertising, sales funnel creation, email sequences, all across the board.
1: Yeah, that's awesome because I think a lot of time uh, solutions are uh, cookie cutter in terms of businesses and very overpriced. So it doesn't necessarily uh, position what the client's needs are. It just, let's give them everything. And like you said, even agencies I worked for, let's throw everything at the wall and hope it sticks.
0: Yeah. And that's super hard and scary, you know, like for business owners, this is their livelihood. This is possibly their retirement. And so if they don't have a predictable algorithm that they can run for every dollar that they put in, they're going to get $6 back. It feels really intimidating and scary. And so we want to help them with that.
1: Yeah. And then there's kind of the, the other side where something like social media may not have a, uh, a tangible ROI right away, but you're building kind of brand equity and brand recognition over time. So events like se- a selling of a company or something where your product you know, gets acquired, that actually adds value for the price of the sale in terms of recognition in the market.
0: Yeah, totally. And there's a client that I was uh, on the phone with earlier today and we were talking to their website and their social media and the quality of their social media before you know we started working with them was extremely poor. And so when people go to work with these people, they're a law firm. And if they don't have that level of trust because the brand quality is low, they're not actually going to work with them because you're expecting a lawyer to like have a level of like authority and trust and Good branding, and so if that's not there, it's like it undermines their entire operation.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's funny because I've worked with probably like 400 law firms in the yeah. past. I actually started a good part of my career at LexisNexis, okay. working on um, multi-law office firms like across the nation. So, yeah. and it's also like you said, it's how you how you're portrayed. If you want to be portrayed as a aggressive, you know, business or firm, but the assets that are out there are more something that don't align with that. You're not, you know, showing who you are and not attracting the right clients because that's not who they're looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's one of those moments where you have to really encourage, well, I feel like I have to encourage my clients to think, Hey, what is a, what's a customer worth to you? And not just a law firm, but, uh, let's say it's a B2B situation or a law firm where it's a high ticket sale. It's like, Hey, The investment that you're going to make in your website, if it turns into three customers, it pays for itself. Um, But it's that long term thinking of, you know, how much is this going to turn into an ROI for me?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So what motivates you to succeed? So having uh, a wife and a kid to support definitely is a huge um, component of that. I think really I'm very tied into my my dad who passed away um, a little over three years ago. And so he honestly is like this um, almost a picture of my clients in a way. It's like, hey, he's no longer here on this earth. And so I can't necessarily help him and his company, but I can help all these other entrepreneurs and I can help all these other business owners. And there is probably a me out there who's the son or the kid of one of these entrepreneurs who wants their parents to be successful so that they're gonna have a better quality of life. And so I think for me, I try to tie it back to my dad um, or even my grandfather who just retired this year is like, hey, how can I help these people who um, may not know where to go? Like the path forward to growth is uncharted and they feel scared. How can I make that transition for them really easy so that they feel peace in their business?
1: yeah i agree and having uh you know your why and whatever you're doing is important and adds clarity i was close to my grandfather he actually passed away this past year so Hmm. it's kind of uh you know having those things in terms of hard work and you know his journey in terms of what he did for really um adding value to businesses large and small because at the end of the day you know small business is kind of the backbone of the country
0: yeah absolutely i think the latest statistic that i read Um, was 50% of all jobs are supplied by small business. But if you look at uh, the number of businesses, it's like 97% of businesses in the US are small businesses, which is pretty wild to think about.
1: Yeah, and at the the end of the day, those kind of marketing dollars uh, hurt if it's not working a lot more than if you have some kind of you know uh rfp with a with a huge company for six seven figures like okay yeah. they're spending that and a lot of companies i worked with fortune 500s fortune 1000s their marketing budget doesn't roll over they have to spend it anyway you know what i mean so yeah. it, there's no personal effect where it's you know the cmo of the company or the you know vp of of marketing they're not, you know, kind of pulling their hair out where they going to pay their next bill and are they going to pay their employees? Yeah. They're simply, you know, this didn't work. We're going to have another marketing budget next year. So.
0: Yeah. Or even next quarter. It's like, Hey, we didn't hit this quarter. Well then let's cut that vendor, add this vendor, like let's go from there. So it's a totally different field for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you've seen in the past as a weakness in yourself that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: So there's this thing. It's called the Enneagram. Um, I hate, I'd say most people have heard of it, but if you haven't, you should check it out. It's super cool. Um, at first, I thought it was a little like uh, hokey. Maybe I was like, okay, there's like nine points. Everybody's gonna fit at some point in this Enneagram thing. Um, but you know, reading more about it, I found like it was just at least super helpful for me to understand more about me. And so I would be considered Enneagram Eight. Enneagram Eight is super driven. Um, often they can, if they're not self-aware or they're not paying attention to how they interact with other people, they can kind of bulldoze people. And so this, you know, Enneagram 8 which is like just so much energy and drive is honestly tripping me up a lot of the time because of how I interacted with other people, um, possibly people that I was leading. I, I look back all the time and stuff that I've done and I'm like, my goodness, thank you so much for being patient with me because something that I've said, um, still to this day, I mean, Literally, I sent an email today where I apologize to someone who works for me and I said, Hey, I'm so sorry I didn't ask you about that. I just didn't even cross my mind. I just sent the email to the client and um, I know that you're working on that project. And so I kind of overstepped you. So I apologize. Um, so it's just stuff like that, that, you know, that drive I've learned to hopefully pay attention to and harness that uh, whenever I don't feel like doing stuff because there, it, it, sometimes uh, work feels like work and I'm able to tap into that to actually get stuff done. So...
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, that's something you kind of uh, get seasoned with age. And a lot of the time when you want to change or you want to kind of work on some of the things that you may have seen as a flaw in yourself or something that's been a weakness, time and maturity kind of heals that. And then time also usually not always adds to the level of your emotional IQ. So you know how to you know, uh, go into uh, different situations a little differently. How do you communicate with your team and understanding that people are coming from different situations that you may not know where they're coming from.
0: One of, uh, so I have an executive coach, um, professional coach or whatever. And we were talking and she was talking about the levels of self-awareness and development. And the first one is like realizing after the fact. And so that's like stage one is like <clears throat> realizing how you made someone feel, what you know your presence was or how you said all that stuff so in the mirror the next level is like reading the person real time so like you're kind of you said something and you're trying to see how they feel in that moment and then the highest level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence is actually reading them and even thinking about how this is going to affect them when you say it hopefully i'm growing in that and have grown in that so it's great
1: yeah, I think that third level is obviously, it's the last one. So it's the hardest to do. Um, yeah. I think it's it's easier reflecting after or in communication. If, if you know who you're going to communicate to and you know, and you have some background, but I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be based on background because, you know, somebody may have dropped the ball on something or you misunderstood something and your uh, automatic reaction is, you know, something negative or why'd you do that or raising your voice. And just silencing that and and taking a step back. Like I've had times where there's somebody sends a client or somebody a loaded email where it's just like, I just want to like get on the keyboard and just like give facts like that's not true X, Y, Z and just kind of destroy them passive aggressively. But taking a step back, like even taking a few minutes just to relax and gain your composure. Because I think when something like that happens or you're dealing with an employee or any other relationship, if it's emotional driven, your judgment is clouded, so you're not going to have the same reaction as you step back, level off, and then deal with the situation.
0: And the there's a great book by Simon Sinek. Uh, he's an author, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's uh, Leaders Eat Last. And he talks about um, how in stress, cortisol inhibits um, serotonin and oxytocin, which are the two chemicals that our brain uses to produce, like, help us feel empathy. And so when we feel stressed out in those moments, it's like we almost can't even be empathetic for the client or our employees or whoever. So I feel like in those moments, I, at least to realize I'm stressed, I'm like, I need to chill it out so that I can try to understand how, how they feel and what they think in, in this scenario.
1: Yeah. And, and grounding yourself after the fact, I mean, um, I mean, the United States compared to other countries, one has a far less amount of kind of free time that it allots for employees. Of companies. I mean, I know in Europe, some companies, bigger companies offer, uh, you know, two months, three months, you know, maternity is like a year paternity is like six months. So they really value a, 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 an employee that's recharged and, you know, mentally and physically is ready to go. Um, I think changing kind of the stigma and a lot of companies big and small started implementing different kind of like mental breaks. And a lot of companies have unlimited PTO. That doesn't mean they're, you know, the people are gone for a year, but more of a flexible uh, schedule and offering different kind of incentives and just being mindful of that anyone can burn out. And, you know, a burned out employee isn't going to add value to uh, the bottom line of your company.
0: And I think ultimately, like the more that corporations and business owners, that we can value the people that work for us, um, I think overall, everyone is, like you said, they're going to get a better product, better service, all of that's going to help the bottom line, but I also think it it helps people and people matter at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, the companies that are succeeding are putting kind of their, their people and employees first. Not always, but usually I like to think that companies that don't treat the employees as valuable assets to their, you know, to their enterprise will eventually kind of fizzle out. Yeah. So what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, personal or professional?
0: Oh my gosh, that's great. So I'm really, this is not a pitch at all, but I'm, you know, helping business owners with their marketing has been great. And i am continuing to do that through my agency, Caffeine Marketing. But I've been looking at the other 90% of a business owner's life, you know, the rest of their business operations and their, their actual physical health, their mental health and their leadership. And so I'm really excited to, launch a new product. This is not a promo at all, but launch a new product um, that's going to help them in that. Because, you know, I work with clients and I'm sure that you've worked with some before that um, their marketing is crushing it, but the rest of their business business systems and operations are like they're hemorrhaging like cash on the sides. And so there's so many revenue leaks. It's like marketing is not going to solve all your problems. You need to get your business operations down first uh, and your leadership and just some self-awareness. So I would say the personal advice that I would say, it would be, hey, get nine hours, eight, nine hours of sleep, or it's just a baseline starting point. A lot of people, the average sleep uh, for an American at least is under seven hours. And so what that means is people are not getting enough REM sleep so that they don't have the proper cognitive function the next day. And so for a lot of business leaders who possibly listen to this podcast, it's like, hey, the best thing you could do to level up in your leadership is just to get more sleep. Um, so that you have that improved cognitive function. The other thing that I would recommend, that maybe the business side would be write out a marketing funnel. Like try to identify points along your customer's journey. I feel like a lot of business owners don't know what's currently working for them, or it, you know, this could be for a CMO as well. They don't know what's working, and so if something breaks, you don't know what to fix. So writing everything down, it doesn't have to be super complicated. You don't have to go find some Google document, but hey, get a piece of paper, Write Everything on the top is brand awareness. So how do people become aware of your brand, then in the middle is consideration, what are the things that they're seeing afterwards to reinforce messages for people to work with you? And then lastly, what's conversion? What are the steps that you have, the incentives that you have, the sales funnels that you have in place to actually convert these people who are aware of your brand into customers? and if you know all those points you can then increase your revenue generating activities and marketing platforms or sales funnels whatever Uh, but if you don't know then it's going to be really hard to scale
1: yeah i agree and like you said i think there's other things in the business other than marketing like you said you can really be doing very well in marketing but you have a you know toxic executive team that makes all the wrong decisions and just tanks a company year over year or You may not have, like you said, the right systems or things that could be automated aren't or vice versa. So kind of auditing your processes, what your employees deliver, your executive team and all those other things that kind of add to the bottom line other than marketing and I think making some changes or plugging holes in that sense. And then, like you said, understanding what's working for you in terms of marketing. So at least have an idea of what it delivered. If it's brand awareness, okay, it's brand awareness. If it's direct sales, it's direct sales, and kind of doubling down and you know increasing spend if something's really working, and if, if it's not, then either stop it or you know try something else. Just because the channel also isn't working doesn't mean the channel itself doesn't work for you. Your campaign may have not been proper, properly executed in terms of like yeah. the proper audience, the proper uh, you know copy, the proper ads. So you have to keep that in mind as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, you're still right on it. A- last part is like, Hey, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like just because the way that you're doing Facebook ads right now, or the way that you're doing Google ads is not working, doesn't mean that that platform is not worth it. Uh, it's just the way that it's currently being executed may not be working. And it, you know, you say that reminds me of someone I was on the phone with recently, and we were talking about their current marketing strategy and what all they're doing. And they list off a dozen different things. They're like on different listings and different websites. Probably, I mean, no kidding, a dozen different things that they're doing. Um, and then they start throwing in things like, yeah, we're in this like local mailer. And I'm like, are you tracing a return on investment for any of this? You know, like, are you just literally throwing money at the wall? Like we talked about earlier, the excuse was, and I'm again, I'm trying to help the person. The excuse was, oh, well, it's just not that much money to do the mailer. I'm like, Okay, several hundred dollars is, you know, for some companies, yeah, for sure, it's not that much money, a couple hundred dollars a month. But still, like, imagine what you could do for the people that work with you. Like if you could just get them snacks or gym membership, like how you could spend that money to actually grow your bottom line in your employees. So a couple hundred dollars, man, that that still matters.
1: Yeah, or at least like you said, uh, do the proper tracking. Like this is uh, inherent with billboards too. A lot of billboards don't have a unique call tracking number and don't have a you know shortened URL to go to something in terms of you're actually tracking. So you may be spending, you know, ten thousand dollars a month and you're being told like the the traffic through that is, you know, let's say a hundred thousand people a month see this. Okay, well that's that's cool, but literally you're not doing the simple, you know, steps that would probably take you five minutes to to implement and you can actually like see the value of an effort.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they just don't know, right? Like they don't know that they just feel uh, stuck in maybe in some binary thinking. It's either you can track it or you can't. And so maybe when they think of a billboard, they don't go, oh, you can't, you know, oh, you can't track that. How are you supposed to track that? And they just keep putting money into it. But you're so right. I mean, a simple idea is to, hey, create like a Bitly link or some sort of shortened URL that they see on the billboard or the um, phone call. And then you could, if you have a unique phone number, you could track the cost per phone call or the cost per click to your website and make some pretty intelligent decisions from there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people at companies that aren't in marketing roles and even people that are in marketing roles, oftentimes, you know, understand somewhat of a concept, but not tactics or, you know, the strategy behind it. So if they don't understand it, they're not going to tackle it or address it or may feel like they don't need to speak on it in front of their boss to not sound like educated that they you know perceive that they know something so i think there's a lot of reasons but i think at the end of the day also as an if your agency or your in-house like the bottom line you're trying to get the company to succeed and you're a business partner essentially so if the company succeeds you succeed as a business as well
0: yeah you reminded me of a leadership principle. Um, that I I absolutely love is that my favorite people that um, work with me and for me is their responsibility is greater than their job description. And so what that means is, you know, they on paper, they have, you know, say they're executing social media posts or writing blog posts or copy or web design, whatever. That's their job description. They're supposed to execute that. But I love when people have a greater job uh, responsibility than their job description, which means that they are just like, They care about the company. They care about the bottom line. They care about a project being successful. And so they have to, in those moments, just like you were saying, they have to speak up even when it's scary because either their boss or their supervisor whatever is thinking otherwise. If their responsibility is greater than their job description, they're gonna speak into things that maybe they're not the expert on, but they have an intelligent opinion because they care about the company or the project or the people around them.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, soft skills and actually like empathy or caring are hard to teach. Because at the end of the day, you can if somebody wants to learn something, you can really just teach them that. So if you sometimes get a you know a veteran, doesn't have to be a veteran, a person that, that says they they know something and may have a big ego, that ultimately kind of that all star player may drag the entire team down. Whereas you bring somebody in, you teach them, they develop over time to to that level and actually add more value to your team than somebody that, you know, just came in that you thought was this all-star person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Emotional intelligence is very hard to teach, but, you know, hands-on technician skills are a lot easier.
1: Yep. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Yeah. So the easiest way, if you want to partner with our agency is caffeine.marketing. There's no.com at the end. So it's just caffeine.marketing. Um, but if you're interested in that course that I was talking about earlier, uh, about the other 90% of running a business and how to do the successful in your business and your leadership and the rest of yourself, um, you can just go to evannox.com and you can find out more there. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.